0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wendy's Way with your host, Wendy Stewart. A show featuring everyday people on their wellness journeys, living inspiring lives with courage and passion. Welcome everyone to this episode of Wendy's Way. I'm your host, Wendy Stewart, and thank you for tuning in. Well, I'm sitting in Auckland with one of my favouritest humans in the whole world, and we actually have a live studio audience as well, <laughs> just two amazing people as well. So, I have wanted this amazing lady on my podcast on Wendy's Way from the day it started. I was asked to write my bucket list of guests, and she was the second name I wrote. Um, I'm number two? Yeah, Duncan was number one. Sorry. <laughs> Husband Trump's Heidi Swamp. Right. I'm so right. sorry. i give him that. Okay. okay? You've got to give him that one, just this <laughs> So this beautiful lady is... Hardy Swap. She is a scrapbooker, a mum, an all-round good person. She is just amazing. What this lady has done for scrapbooking, which is my hobby and the craft all over the world, is nothing short of remarkable. She's survived it all. She's been in the industry for nearly 20 years. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's authentic. She's honest. She's just amazing. To say I love her is an understatement. I've stalked her all over the world basically. Well, <laughs> all over Australia and I've followed her to New Zealand this time. I can't believe she said yes at this amazing weekend to do this podcast. It's pretty late at night. She's had a massively full day, but that's how Heidi rolls. So you're going to love her, and I'm going to gush, and you're all just going to have to deal with it, because she's one of my favoriteest favoriteest humans on the planet. So welcome officially to Wendy's Way, Heidi Swap. Woo! Oh,
1: we got to clap for her. Yeah, clap for
0: ourselves. <laughs> well, you know, the audience is not participating. <laughs>
1: no, they're not, they're not. You guys got to clap. Okay, okay, let's try that again. Oh, thank Come you. On, <laughs> Come on, Emily. Come on
0: there much That's, better right much better time to get a sort of yeah. Trump's it's one. hard to find good help sometimes, isn't <laughs> it? Just kidding. Love you, Kim. Love you, Emily. So we're in my hotel room in Auckland and we've had a massive day of scrapbooking. And this lady is nothing short of inspiration. And I cannot tell you every time I see her, how she just invokes in me the power to create, but more importantly, the power to tell my story. So Heidi, start. let's start at the start. Scrapbooking, how on earth did you get into this amazing industry?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I got to... Thank you for that very kind introduction. You're so welcome. Um, I didn't know that I was your favorite human. Totally. Uh, after Dunk. After Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, and that that means the world to me. Every time I've ever seen you, like, I don't know if those of you who are listening um, have, have ever met Wendy in real life, but she just makes the hugest deal out of everything, wherever <laughs> she goes. And that includes me. everywhere. I've ever seen her or met up with her in real life. She just... She just makes it into into the biggest deal that i'm there it makes me feel like a million bucks and
0: well so, it's true because you, you fly hundreds and millions of miles to come and see us whether it's australia <laughs> or new zealand you have always valued the crafting industry in australia I and do. you've always given us so much of yourself yeah. whether it's classes or product or a product we can't get or whatever <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast but you know but you give so much of yourself to us heidi it's not that you come and just teach a class right you give us you every single well, time i'll tell you this the first year, I don't even actually
1: know what year it is because I have a terrible memory, which is fundamentally why I'm a scrapbooker. True. But I think probably the first year that I came here, and if I did some quick math, I know that Colton was six because he lost his first tooth when I came. Right. That first trip to Melbourne, which would be to
0: 2004. Yeah. I think it was 2004, about February, you came and, and taught at an event in Carlton. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah.
1: And actually, I thought that Melbourne was amazing. I kind of um, accidentally got left there <laughs> all by myself. I shouldn't laugh because I know <laughs> this story. So, And um, so I had four days all by myself in this city that I didn't know anything about. My first time... By myself in a foreign country. I should say that's the only time I've been left alone in a foreign country. So that country was the first myself. time you'd
0: left the USA? No, it, I had not. been
1: living, I'd, I'd been to many other countries. Yes, yes. But I'd never been alone. Right, okay. And um, frankly, you drive on the wrong side of the road there, right? And so I <laughs> totally. And so I, um, anyway, what I found there was just such a hip inspiring place. And actually when you're by yourself, you see things differently, totally, you know, and, um, people wound up being very kind to me. A few people kind of took me out. I made friends with strangers. (laughs) Um, anyway, at that time, um, I brought with me some classes. I was working for a company called making memories, which isn't really even around anymore. And, um, the thing that I noticed is that Australians, Australian women are bravely creative. I, th- I noticed a distinct difference at that event sure. because in the, pa- like, I had already been teaching for a long time. Yes. I'd been teaching scrapbooking. I lived in Arizona for, so from about uh, 1999 is when I started teaching classes locally where I lived and everybody was so nervous um, to, to glue something down or to try something new. They, they were just so hesitant. And I was like, constantly like, it's okay. You don't have to do, a per-, you know, reassuring people. And when I got here and taught people, they were just very free, very willing, not afraid to make mistakes, not afraid just to do it and, and not worried about it. And this was just a culturally and creatively very different than what was going on where i was from and i think that my that's when i fell in love with those women i connected with those women um and then like it gets to be night and they have open bars (laughs) and i also had never experienced like that and australian women naturally like a little bit more free and brave and creative than we were at the U.S., but get them drinking. And I learned words and things that (laughs) I I didn't even know anything about. Oh, my god! So it was (laughs)
0: (laughs) – I remember that night. That was one wild night. Yeah, it (laughs) it was wild night. And I remember you teaching a class, and we're all going, okay, well, okay, but I don't want to do it that way. And you were like, oh, so you can actually – I remember you saying to me, Oh, that's really interesting how you did that. I did something. I can't remember what I yeah. did. Yes, we were following your instruction, but we're not, bra- you know, brave enough to just go our own way and just go, yeah, I think I might do it this way. And you were like really cool about it, and you know, well, because I you think it was like-
1: awesome. That's where I knew these these women in this particular, in a different culture, in a different place where scrapbooking was a newer, very new thing, very new. Um, was just. Very, it was very much coming from the heart, and people weren't afraid to express that way, and I yeah. thought that was great.
0: And you came in, and you were you were like this breath of fresh air to all of us because we had, you know, we are very very far away from the USA, yeah. and for us to get product, which is still an issue, we don't we don't get all the product you get, and sure, we don't have the population to sustain it. We get that economy is different. We get that, but you had actually got on a plane, and I have always said this to you: you are one of the few who will get on a plane and travel hundreds and hundreds of hours and miles and all that kind of stuff to come and be with us and teach us and show us. And even today, we've all learned so much from you. Lots of stuff we have not seen before or have seen and not been able to get our hands on in real life. But the fact is you're standing in front of us with your beautiful Kim and Emily and you're there and you're giving us every bit of you, every single bit.
1: Well, and if you think about it, like in 2004, there was not websites. Nope. There was not videos. There was not smartphones there. I mean, I had a cell phone at home, but you would have never used it in an international level. Um, and so that time I didn't, you didn't have this moment by moment connection, no Facebook, no, you know, whatever. nothing. Nothing. And now of course, I mean, it's been 15 years or something since I first came and now we talk to each other all day. You know, we can talk to each other any moment of the true, day. True. Um, you women that I love and that I know from those early days that I've, that we've kind of grown up watching our kids. In fact, Kim Archer, shout out to Kim Archer. If she's listening. Yes. I met Kim that day and she was scrapbooking. Um, she's a
0: beautiful scrapbooker. Oh, she's, she's amazing. She's and totally she amazing. was
1: scrapbooking her daughter that, um, was a, around the same age as Colton, a little bit younger, yeah. and the daughter's name was Capri. And I thought, I said to her, if I ever have another daughter, because at the time I had three kids, I'm going to name her Capri. Yeah. And lo and behold, I had another had daughter, and she's yeah. named Capri after Kim Archer's daughter. There you go. And um, I still look at pictures of Capri, who now, Kim Archer's Capri has now, oh, she's you know, a she's young, in, you know, young woman she's now. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I've watched her grow up. So now I'm in the situation where I have connections. You may as well be my neighbors. I mean, we text, we chat online. True. We, I see exactly what's going on. And so when I come back, it's just picking right up where we left off. Absolutely, and so, and that's what it feels amazing. like.
0: You know, okay. Well, you, I know you haven't been here for a few years now, but it's like, you know, in one way, social media has brought us closer. To you and to what's has. going on in hardyswap.com. Yeah. you know, you know what your you're beautiful- missing out
1: on. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't gonna go there, but yeah, but you do. But but you
0: know what? It just makes us it just makes us all I can only speak for my bunch of scrapbooking friends. We just want that product so bad. Yeah. You know. But we've learned. We've learned ways around it, we've learned to improvise and you know yeah. we're lucky that, you know, there are more and more places getting your product in now, which you've just educated us all about. So hopefully we can get our hands on it. Yeah. And for me, I it's never been about the product. It's well, been about Heidi Swap and, and what Heidi Swap's message is.
1: Believe it or not, even as a product designer, and I've I've been a product designer since I started coming sure. here, I was always coming here with this agenda of, quote, pr- promoting my product. Of course. But I don't care what product people use. Yeah, I don't care the method or the system or how people go about telling the story i'm here to inspire people to tell their story and i don't even care yeah. if they use my product to do it
0: true very true i mean in our packs today you gave us you know you wished you'd created that ephemera pack i, I think you said it like 20 times i know, you know? i really like, love that well how why didn't you you know <laughs> so, but that's the whole thing and that's what i wanted this podcast to, to do this po- podcast most importantly was to explain to people why it's so important to tell their story You know, I know from my perspective why I tell my story. I'm a migrant. I came to Australia when I was 15. I had to leave it all behind, my books, my photos, my everything. And over the years, I've been lucky enough to go back to India many, many times and get all that back from, you know, copies of photos from family, friends, relatives, all that good stuff. And I've created my memories again. But that all gets left behind. And there's many, many others in my position Mm -hmm. as well. And you tell it so beautifully as to why it's so important to tell our stories and to hear our stories and stuff. And, you know, you've talked about that so beautifully over the last few days. And I think it's it's absolutely critical that, as you say, print the photos, print the photos, put them in an album. Even if you don't scrapbook them, have some tangible permanent record of their existence and their yeah. life.
1: Yeah.
0: Would you say that? So, you know.
1: Well, you know, I do think it's interesting. I think that all of us, wherever we are, you know, we can't take credit for actually our talents. We can't even take credit for what we look like. We can't take credit for our gifts. Those have been given us by this tremendously long legacy of family members and souls that have gone before Absolutely. us. Um, and because of them and, and because of our parents and that, that path that they brought us here to earth on, um, we have this identity, right? And I think that when we're young, we don't really care that much about what that identity True. is because it just is. It doesn't, we don't think about it too much, but then as we grow up and we start sort of having to reconcile who we are, who we want to be, what's influencing us. Um, and, and maybe it requires some, some heartache, Yep. right? Yep. Because then you have to start kind of looking at this and thinking, what am I actually made of? Who, who yeah. am I? Yeah. And who am I, um, without worrying about what maybe the outside world is telling you who you are, who are you inside? I believe that that starts with your identity within your family structure with where you came from with why you are and the place that you are. And knowing what that story is gives you this firm foundation. That might be a, a hard story Yeah, where you've absolutely. come from. You know, your story is amazing mm-hmm. to me and, and the bits and pieces that I've heard about it, you know, that represents a huge part of who you are. Absolutely. And what if you shunned that what if you tried to ignore it or what if you didn't want to own that well you would be standing on shaky ground about who you are and where you came from right for me um from a very young age i felt incredibly loved by my my family my immediate family my parents my grandparents my aunts and uncles i was a central figure i felt like a central figure in all of their lives And the stories, the photos, the scrapbooks that my parents made for me tell that story. Yeah, tell a story of me being loved. Um, The center retention uh, clothes that my grandma, my aunt, my mom would make for me, and then have me twirl around in—you know—gifts, birthdays, all those things. That's who I am. Yeah. And that's where I came from. That's where I belong. Now, everybody doesn't have to have this picture-perfect childhood that I really do have in in my own mind, in my own perception. Um, But even if it's not picture-perfect, owning what that story is and being able to look at it and reconcile like, oh, because this was my situation this is what I had to work with and this is what I've overcome and this is who I am absolutely. And I think that we sort of like we sort of forget even as parents. So I have five children and there are stories that my children can't tell about themselves. They just don't possess the um perspective or the place in the world or whatever that is. They can't tell their story. When they're little. Of course. And then if you don't ever teach them how to tell their story, modeling it for them, then they're never going to know how to tell their story, let alone learning to own your story. And even from a young, young age, things can go very wrong.
0: Oh, for sure. At a very young age. Absolutely.
1: Um, The earlier you can teach a child how to own their story how to understand the story, know where they came from, even if it's not an ideal situation, or if it is an ideal situation, that story is them. That is an identity piece. And it is a firm piece of ground. And knowing
0: that about yourself will give you a place to start. Absolutely. And I think you have always, always taught us that. Always, in every class, in everything I've ever listened to, whether it was a video online or whether it was House of Three or whatever you were doing, <laughs> or in, all your, in, you know, in all your different incarnations, as I call it, through the scrapbooking world, the thing you taught me was tell your story, the good, the bad, the ugly, because that is part of it. And yeah. it, it's, it's always about owning it. And you and I have been through some hell in our lives and back you know, but we're still here. We're still sitting here. We're women. We've got women that support us. And, you know, is, Wendy,
1: that it doesn't matter who we look at. Oh gosh. And yeah. who we sit down with. They've gone through hell
0: and oh, everyone And guess has. what? We're not done. Oh God. No. So there's, uh, there's oh, going to absolutely, be, absolutely. There's still
1: going to be some
0: for sure. major things for sure that we face. And things happen, you know, and you know where I'm leading here with this, you, things happen in our lives, which are tragic, which are heart wrenching, heartbreaking. You know, you lost yeah. your beautiful boy yeah. a few years ago you know he you lost him to suicide and you have been at the forefront you know you have been honest to this whole process you have shared your story with integrity and authenticity and yes you know he disappeared from public view for a little while while you were dealing with what you had to deal with but when you came back you came back stronger you came back and you you put the conversation in place that is has helped so many other people I know personally from listening to what you've gone through and how your family's handled losing beautiful Corey, you know, and all that you are doing with, you know, all the, the fundraising you've done, the events you've spoken at, you've started your own podcast now, to, you know, to shed light on this and to give it a voice. And we don't talk about it. And I've been touched by suicide in my life as well. And it's not talked about. It's, you know, it's kind of like sh- sh- yeah. hushed tones. Yeah. We can't do that. We're losing too many young people to it in Australia. I can only speak for Australia. I don't know what's happening in the rest of the world. But I have, you know, a massive family in India and I have massive connections in Australia. We're losing too many you know men women children to this horrible horrible thing and it's like no one talks about it no one Mm -hmm. does anything about it and i have great friends in melbourne who recently lost a young man and they organized a walk and a fundraiser and tied up with r-u-a-k which is a you know a depression prevention, um, organization in Australia, and it's really helping mental health, mental health. And what you have taught us all over the last few years is this is how, this is how you get through it. And you don't have all the answers. No. You don't. And you have days where, you know, I'm sure it's hell hardy. Yeah. You've stood up in front of us and told us a story, made all of us cry. And we've all cried with you because he's, he's part of us. We've seen him grow from, we've seen yeah. your whole family grow From, you know, your kids have been born, we've been through all of this, but you've given us honesty and integrity and you've given us, Heidi, every step of the way. And that's why I I wanted you on here to talk about it because how incredibly important it is for you to share that story and to share Corey's story so that, you know, you might help one other person or just get get an understanding out there for what's going on. And, you know.
1: Well, one of the things that's interesting, I mean, so, you know, I talk about coming here in 2004, coming to Melbourne. Um, at that time, Corey would have been four years old, yep. four or That's five four. years old. Yep. And at that time, I mean, I, I taught my first scrapbooking class when I was pregnant with Corey. So he would be 19. Yep. So it's been 19 years since I've been teaching scrapbooking. Sure. Yeah. And so just like you, many people around the world, um, which sounds kind of weird because it's not like I'm Beyonce or anything, but
0: (laughs) you're better, babe.
1: You are so Um, much better than her. I, I share, I did scrapbook pages. So for those of you listening that might not know what a scrapbook page is, it's, it's really just a page with photos on it, but you're writing down the story. So it's a visual journal. And I have always been about kind of telling a story and, and usually it's an anecdotal type of a story where maybe it makes you laugh a little bit, gives you a little bit of a setting, a who, what, where I like to tell what's going on yes. because I have a horrible memory, honestly. So what happened is for, at least for the 16 years that Corey was alive, I was writing articles, um, in magazines, in books. I, I've published nine different books. Um, I had a very active blog and then social media started and, and of course I took took to the streets and <laughs> social media. And people that were following my career knew who Corey was. And no, yeah, you know, all course. my I mean all my kids yeah. have a have a persona. Sure. And um you know, for the the two years before Corey passed away, Corey was struggling with anxiety yeah. and depression. Yeah. And I I never talked about it. Um, I mean, my oldest son doesn't have an ear, and I also didn't talk about that. No, so, I, I
0: didn't know that till today. So
1: there's some things that yeah. I didn't talk I about. You don't need about, to. Right? You know, and, and yeah. you know, even close friends um, to our family didn't really know that Corey was suffering with anxiety depression. Sure. Here's the problem, though. Even though he was diagnosed... And he was struggling, and we had a lot of ups and downs. Um, I didn't take it seriously. Okay. Meaning, I thought he'd grow out of it. Yeah, In fact, that's yep. what doctors were telling me. Oh, yep. this is um, puberty. Right, He's going to be fine. A lot of kids go through it. And actually, from my perspective, I didn't think that Corey had... Anxiety or depression. Okay. Like to me, I saw him making friends. He had tons of friends. He picked up and he was playing sports. He was never short of a squad. Yeah. And he was always making me laugh. He um he had a quick a quick wit and was just funny and also just very loving and very concerned about me. Yeah. Um and so I I just kind of figured he was going to be fine. Yeah. And so I also like I don't have anxiety and depression myself. Sure. I have plenty of other problems, Wendy. <laughs> but I don't I don't struggle with depression. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't yep. have bad days. Of course. And that doesn't mean there's days that I don't want to face the world. But depression is different. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't have depression, and even if you do, we as a society don't understand.
0: No, we don't.
1: It is a black abyss to yeah. people who have it yeah. and people who don't. It's... Very hard to explain. You can't see it. You can't see it on an x-ray. You can't take a test and draw blood for it. There's no way to test it. There's no way to put a metric to it or describe it. It is a shadow. And I I just kind of, I discounted it. I really, I honestly did. Um, For Corey, it was... Coming out in, in bad grades okay, and he like bad grades were not acceptable for me. Sure. As a mom. Sure. Like that's just irresponsible. If you let your kids get bad grades or if you're not hounding them every second of every day and then grounding them when they don't do what they're supposed to do, you know, all those things that was going on. Um, and I tried all the tactics yeah. like in those two years, it was like, okay, I was a mean mom. I was a strict mom. I was a nice mom. I was a pushover mom. I was an, imp- I was a, let me help you. Let me do it for you. I, I tried every angle yeah. and he still struggled. Yeah. Um, when the h- half, the problem is he's a very handsome and charming Sure. Person. Yeah. Right. And So you didn't see from the outside. You just didn't see it. Um, strong kid. Yeah. So when he was 14, um, this is two years before he passed away. Corey was competing in CrossFit. He was running. He was an active, active kid playing rugby. Um, and at the, at the end of his eighth grade year, um, which is his four, when he was 14, he had an accident on a pogo stick, which is hilarious, actually, if you think <laughs> about, like, the rugby yep. and the skateboarding and the snowboarding and all the things that he did. Um, we had these pogo sticks that they're not regular pogo sticks because we're swaps, right? Sure. You don't have a regular pogo no, no. stick. No, this no. pogo stick, you could fill with compressed air and it would actually jump over a car. You could jump over a fence like they're mass, these air compressed pogo sticks. Okay. And you let your kids have. Oh yeah. I mean, even in the winter they were out there on them. Oh, okay. (laughs) And, um, Corey was out with some friends, just pogo sticking, came down on the back of his head. Pretty serious. Yeah. Knocked him out. Um, Eric scooped him up, got him in the car. And as they're driving, Ten minutes away to the hospital, he passed out four times. Oh man! Just in and out of consciousness, we knew. Yeah, golly that he was he was in a bad yes, he was in bad shape. Within a few hours, yeah, he has a concussion. He needs to be off sports, off exercise, and he's got to take the summer off. Right. In fact, he didn't finish out the last week and a half or so of school. Okay. Um, it was hard for him to sit out, and. uh, So he was depressed. He was sad. He wasn't himself. He couldn't skate. He couldn't do any of the things he loved. And it was summer, so that was that was hard. That's really hard. Um, School started. New school. Ninth grade. High school. And this is a ninth grader that's like hanging out with twelfth grade year girls and just having a great old time. (laughs) Grades slipping, like all Fs. Mm. And I just thought he was being a punk, Mm. right? Anyway. Fast forward um, that entire year, and I went from grounding him from his phone, taking everything away, to realizing he's got a problem. Yeah. This isn't right. And in fact, we were able to look. I wondered, maybe he has a disability or a learning disorder. Sure, sure. And so the administration looked back at all of his standardized testing from the time he was kindergarten. Yes. And said, no, he doesn't have a learning disability. He's he's passed just fine at that point. I'm like, okay, he's just being a freaking jerk. Okay. Right. And he's going to get it. And at that point, um, we didn't have him cognitively tested. Right. I just really thought everybody was like, ah, he's a puberty. This is a boy. I didn't know. Mm. Um, I know now that he suffered a traumatic brain injury. Jeez. Okay. And, um, that can't be not taken seriously. And I, and I know that now. Um, when Corey died, he had been in therapy. He was doing better. There had been a time he had been using marijuana, obviously extremely illegal. Mm -hmm. Obviously I, I tried to catch him actually. I suspected. Right. And there was some illegal search searches of the room. Sure. But no seizures. I mean, I, I never found anything. Yeah. But it's not from a lack of trying. Um, but I had decided that at that point that I was going to let him make some decisions of his own. Okay. And, uh, we were actually improving anyway. I don't know what happened that last weekend. I don't know. what happened, um, that last day. And this is the real tragedy with, with the suicide is that there's a lot of unanswered an- questions. And as a mom, what happens is you start to construct realities that are probably like cognitively a lot worse than they really were. Yeah. Like I thought to myself, maybe he like robbed a bank. Okay. (laughs) I I mean, I'm trying to think what could make, what could be so bad?
0: Um, because you're kind of looking for an answer. And yeah. there isn't an answer. There There's still no answer. no answer. No. You know, no. and there'll never be an answer as you have said. And, you
1: know. Uh, yeah. And, and at that point, I'm going to tell you this. Corey called me and I was, I was far enough away from the home that I couldn't get to him quick. Sure. And, um, he told me goodbye and told me that he loved me. There was never a point that I didn't think that Corey loved me or that I didn't think he knew I loved him. Right. So, there was not a lack of love. And that's another thing I think is really yeah. important about suicide. <laughs> this is not a lack of love. It's not even a lack of, um, concern or effort, but there are, there is a lack of understanding. Yeah. And, and I possessed a heap of lack of understanding. Yeah. I really yes. didn't understand. um, after Corey passed away, uh, we met with the donor team. Yes. And confirmed the fact that Corey had a traumatic brain injury, and, and they helped to identify the symptoms. And we were able to say, oh my gosh, right. how did we not understand this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was not, he, he actually had Epstein Barr. which is mono. Right. And we also didn't know that. And if you know anything about mono, it makes you feel like crap. Yeah. And he wasn't a complainer. He just took care of himself. Kind of this kid, like just didn't, just didn't really kind of flew under the radar. Um, if there's anything that I want to say to moms out there, don't underestimate physical health. Yeah. In somebody who is struggling mentally. Obviously, all these things are very connected. Yes. And so Corey's head injury, not feeling well, not eating. I mean, he was eating, but he didn't feel good. And so he was eating like crap food in the middle of the night. Like teenagers do. They eat at midnight. And then they go to sleep, and then they don't want to wake up. And then they wake up and they eat more crap food. This isn't good for the mental Side, it's just not right. Try to get teenage boys to eat healthy food and sleep, and you know, (laughs) good luck with that sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I, as I look back now, the physical side of his struggle matched the mental side of his struggle, so his physical side was not helping, yeah, right? And so, I do believe. That taking care of your physical body and helping children, teenagers especially, they they're invincible, and we know that they can handle a lot more than we can as adults. <laughs> or you know we sure. could when we were their age. Yeah, for sure. But taking care of ourselves, and we can think about this as an adult too. When you are struggling mentally, you have to ask yourself, "What am I doing physically to address this? What am I? How am I feeling mentally?" When you feel like crap, there's a reason. Yeah, for sure. If you feel like crap mentally, uh, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. And pretending like those reasons aren't there or adding to them by either using drugs and alcohol. I mean, number one problem, right? When you're feeling horrible mentally and emotionally, the number one go-to is drugs and alcohol. Yep. And I don't care if that's prescription drugs and I don't care what kind of alcohol it is. These substances absolutely heighten the mental health mm. problem. So there's one thing that you can look at yourself as a, as a regular, as a, as as a, a human. human being. Yep. Yeah. The second thing is, and, and I addressed this in my class today, breathing, I think about Corey and in those last few days, Corey kept having an anxiety attacks. Okay. Only I didn't know it was anxiety attack. I'd never been around it. And if I saw one of my children have that now, I would take them to the ER immediately. Yes. I just didn't know. Yes. That what I'm talking about is hysterical crying when you don't know. You don't you don't know what you're crying about not being able to verbalize yourself at all. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't know what he was upset about. So it wasn't like something had happened. Um, crying hysterically, not being able to breathe. This is called an anxiety yeah. attack. Yeah. And I mean, I look back and I just think, what was wrong with me? How did I not know? How did I not take him to the
0: emergency room? But you didn't know. I didn't know. I thought he'd be okay. You had no exposure to any of this. Like most of us have never, have never. sat by him. We don't know.
1: And I held his hand and I hugged him and I tried to tell him that I loved him. Yeah. He needed more help and I didn't know. Yeah. So when there is an anxiety situation, Breathing is incredibly important. And you know what? Most of us, regular people that don't
0: even have mental health issues, need to be told to breathe. Yeah, we do. And you know, none of us breathe properly. No. None of us do. You said it in class earlier today. We don't.
1: I mean, it is amazing. We breathe. (gasps) Yeah, we don't. We don't. Very, very shallow breath. Absolutely. We do the the most minimum amount of breathing that we actually have to do to sustain life. Yeah. But that is actually not adequate em- enough oxygen for our brains to actually yeah. function. So, as a parent, I have learned how to teach my kids how to breathe. Yeah. one At least one time a day with each one of my kids, we do little breathing. We talk about breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that just to most of us, it just seems like, oh, it's a little hokey or whatever, but I'm telling you, you sit down and breathe deeply and fully for 10 minutes and you tell me you can't think yeah, clear. For sure. Right? Or calm. For sure. It brings, your, it brings down your blood pressure. It brings down your heart rate. It helps. It puts oxygen in your body so you can actually freaking think.
0: That's <laughs> right? for sure. Wendy, I didn't know. but That's the whole thing. The majority of the population out there does not know. We don't know. We don't yeah. know the signs. We don't know what to look for. And, I mean, you can, you know, and I'm sure like you and other incredible people who have been in your situation, coulda, woulda, shoulda, if I had oh, known. Yeah. if You know, you've played that game. You've done yeah. it. We've all done it. You yeah. know, we've done it for you. We've done it with you. Yeah. We know what you've been through. I just know. Uh, just me, I can only talk for me and I can talk for Duncan too because he listens when I say, you know, and I say listen to what Heidi's saying. And it's like you have educated us. You have educated because you've had the courage to speak about it. You know, well, you've even started a podcast for goodness sake. I you know in which a situation
1: is just- where Corey passed away. Yeah. And I'm in the hospital and I'm thinking, yeah. how do I tell this story? Yeah. And I, I'm i not going to lie, I started concocting some lies. Yeah. I started thinking, okay, I could say this. Yeah. And I could say that.
0: Yeah. And then I
1: honestly started envisioning the people that I've taught for years and years and years around the world. And I realized they have watched Corey. They know Corey. I have to tell the story, whether I like it or yeah. not. Yeah. Because my followers and fans and people who had sat in my classes deserved to know the truth. And I knew I had to tell it and I didn't like it. And I was afraid. And you know what? I was afraid that people would think, what is going on inside that house? I honestly was like, people are going to ask what kind of mother has their child take his own life, hates her so much that he would take his own. I mean, the self hate that I had, the oh, self, yeah. um, shame. And, uh, when I did come on social media and that was the best I could do at that point and tell what had happened. Yeah. The opposite of what I thought would happen. Exactly. Happened. And from every corner, of this globe,
0: I felt love. Because we just felt nothing but love for you. Absolute love. It was like, we don't need to know what. We know what happened. We don't need to know anything else. We just needed you to know that we were loving on you, sending you prayers if you know that way or feel that way inclined. It doesn't matter what was going on. And your media team were incredible. Your whole team were incredible. The love and support that came from not just the scrapbooking industry, but everybody around you. You know, there was ways we could all, we just, everybody just wanted to do something to, something to help you and your family get through this. And we knew there was nothing we could do but there was, we could love on you. We could send you messages. We could do cards and send them to Becky Higgins to put in albums. (laughs) I don't know. No, it was true. They came. It was like, it came from everywhere. They came everywhere. And And I just, it was hard. Yeah. And I was in India at the time with my, with my aunt and uncle when I heard what had happened. And I just, I was just, I don't think I've ever told you this. I just sat there. I couldn't move. And my uncle's going, what's happened? Like I couldn't speak. I couldn't explain to him what had happened. He goes, Do you know this boy? I go. Yes. He goes. Oh well. When did you meet him? I go. No, I've never met him, but I know him. And I, not, I'm not own, not own. I don't own. I don't mean own in that sense. But we own part of that story. We've lived that story with you. And it's like, you know, and I remember thinking, oh, shit, her party's okay, I hope she's not, you know, blaming herself. And, and I remember having the conversation with the group of, Mel- you know, the Melbourne scrapbookers that I scrapbooked with and We all just sat there and cried and we just wanted you to know that we loved you and there was never, there will never be judgment of anything. And it was like... You will do what you will do in your own space, in your own time. And that's what I want everyone on this podcast to hear. There's no right way to deal with it. There's no wrong way. It's your way. Okay. You do what works for you, your family, your your husband, your children, your immediate family. That's what you needed to take care of. HeidiSwap.com will always be HeidiSwap.com. <laughs> the rest of the world will take care of it, even when we can't get product. You know what I mean? Like We will take care of it. But... I hope you will always know how much you are loved and how how incredibly we support you more now than ever before. And it's not about the product, and it's not about what you do I as mean, a it's job. It's such a it's you such know. a
1: testament. And this is separate, but it's such a testament to Corey's story that I was sharing through my scrapbooking that people felt like they knew Corey. Yep. Right? Well, I and do because of that strangers, and and strangers, I use that term loosely because scrapbookers are never strangers. No, true. But they knew him. They knew him from the time that he was young because of the scrapbook. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and we're, <laughs> both, we're both having a good sookia, and it's all good because <laughs> this is us and this is how Hardy and I have always rolled. But I have seen pictures of this young man from the time he was a baby. Yeah. You know? I, and, I know, and, and this is the power of a scrapbook. Yeah, like, exactly. Right,
1: and so here I am, a scrapbooker, preaching about telling Tell your stories story. and documenting, yep. and then I lose a child, yep. and I just thought the the irony
0: of this situation, like yep. God. Just has, but thank God has but a way, th- and thank God you have those pages. Oh, and thank God you did them. Well. Thank God you documented it. And as you said today, you know your other kids will always know Corey because of the stories yeah. you have already told. And and we're not going to forget. No, why would no? That's no. never going to happen. But it's there. It's tangible proof that this young man lived. This young man existed yeah. and had the most and wonderful he was life. More yeah, yeah. then the suicide. Yeah. Oh. The
1: suicide's actually really easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> But no, but we remember all the funny all stories, you know, stories, that's who he was.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You
1: know? And so I think, you know, there's, there's multiple messages here and, and on, on this podcast and, and from this Corey story. Yes. Number one being every person's story matters. Absolutely. They deserve to know it. It deserves to be documented. It matters. It gives identity. It gives connection. It's valued and valuable. The second thing is that when story doesn't go our way, when we don't like our story, owning it, embracing it, and allowing it to be who we are rather than hiding it, tucking it, yeah. being ashamed of it. Yes. Will give you power and love in unexpected ways. Yeah. The third one being that mental health is a real issue. And it's something that we all deal with personally and intimately every single day in ourselves and in those around us. Yeah. And even though we cannot see it and we cannot test for it, it is real and tangible. Absolutely. And yes, it is misunderstood. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But
1: until... We as a society, starting with families, overflowing to friends and growing to communities, until we talk about it openly, honestly, and stop shaming people who struggle yeah. and stop pretending like it's not there, only then will we start to gain understanding and people who are struggling We'll be able to get the help because actually help is available. Yeah. We,
0: and we need to educate ourselves as to how to access it, get it for either ourselves, the ones we love, the people around us that may need it, that might need something. And just, get, you know, carrying on beautiful segue from there is you've got your own podcast now. That's right. And I'd love you to tell my listeners about it because I encourage every single one of you to go and download these episodes and listen to them because it's a fantastic podcast and it will give you it will give you an insight into beautiful Heidi and her beautiful co-host and there is so much so much wisdom that comes from there and it's just yep yeah, so. Would you mind telling everyone about this podcast,
1: please? I actually think it's kind of amazing, even though yeah. it's mine.
0: Oh, <laughs> Which it, is- no, it seriously is amazing. And, and actually, I'm not just saying it because I'm Heidi's not- number one
1: worldwide fan, but seriously. It's not easy for me to say that about anything that I do. I'm I know, not, right? <laughs> I'm not a bragger. After
0: all the conversations we've had this weekend. I'm a
1: very critical human. And doing this podcast is literally the hardest thing I've ever done. And now we're kind of over the hump, like. But you kind of lived in China. Come on, <laughs> we were there for all of that. <laughs> yeah, remember, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and and even our two studio audience yes. members here can resi- can attest. Emily was with me. Yeah, <laughs> the night that I was trying to push send on the first podcast, knowing that I would never be able to like. You take can't it get back. it
0: back. You know, it's out there. And
1: I knew that people were gonna see the real me. Um, because I hold as as my as my co-host says, I have no filter. Um, he says, you know, he says that he's he would tell my secrets except for that I tell all of them.
0: <laughs> That's why you and I, are kindred spirits, Heidi, no, we have no filter. I have no
1: filter. Um, so the podcast, you know, when Corey first passed away, um, he had been meeting with this therapist that he was very connected to, and I was very thankful for. Yes but i actually didn't believe a lot of what he was telling me. Okay. I was i used the word resistance. I was very um opposed to change. Mm-hmm. I thought i was doing everything right. Yes. I was his mother. Of course. Um when Corey passed away David, his name is David, that's the co-host. He's a family therapist. He's a marriage and family therapist um and has about 20 years experience in working with troubled teens. Up until that point, Corey was the first one of his patients that he lost to suicide. Yeah. There had been others that had had attempts. Um, but Corey was the first one that he actually lost. And we had just, David and I had just been with Corey only 45 minutes before he mm. took his life. Yeah. And David literally thought I was going to be mad at him. And try to, like,
0: blame take him, him down. Or or, yeah. Oh, yeah, right.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and I didn't know, like, after Corey died, I had all this, Ooh, I got to do something. But I didn't want to, like, start a foundation or host a marathon. or Like, I didn't know what to do. And I yeah. didn't even just want money. I didn't even want to just fundraise. I, even if I fundraised, I don't even know who I'd give the money True. to. True. I mean, I don't even know what to do with funds yeah. right now, because I don't even know if funds are what we need. I think we need information. Yeah. It has taken me. It took me two and a half years yes. to make the decision that I wanted to do a podcast. Yes. But it took me two and a half years to come to the conclusion that all the articles and all the books and all the things that are written about suicide prevention do not talk about the relationship between a teenager and a parent. Yeah. And it's a difficult relationship. But I'm here to tell you that I believe, I don't know if I could change anything, but I believe the most powerful and important suicide prevention or wellness or Any any mental health support is in our relationships with the people that we love. Yeah. This podcast is about all the things I wish I knew before Corey died. Yes. If I had it right now, if I had him back, I know I could save him. Yeah. I would see the signs clearer. I would take it a little more seriously, like... I would know how to not overreact. I would know how to talk to him in a way that he could feel safe. Yeah. Yes. Um, so my message is to every parent, everyone that has a relationship with another human needs this podcast. Yeah. This, it kind of comes off sounding like a parenting podcast or even a suicide prevention podcast podcast. But it's really just a building relationships podcast.
0: I think it's about humans. Yeah. To me, if someone asks me what's the podcast about, I know it's called Light like the Fight," but it's like the fight to be humans, to be the best humans we can be, and to care about the other humans in our lives, yeah. and watch for the signs, and watch, and watch the strongest ones. Fundamentally, you know?
1: fundamentally, I believe this is a fight. Yeah. Whether it's a fight with those demons. whether it's a fight with you and your story, whether it's an actual chemical physical fight that's happening. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shame. Yeah. And we know that when there's light shown on shame, it loses its power. Exactly. And that's where the name of the podcast comes from. I want light conversation, um, a conversation, that's what I want. I want yeah. conversation on this situation. Yes. That is what Light the Fight is. Yes. And so um, it is a little hard to listen to because you sort of go, oh, crap, I do that.
0: Oh, yeah, I got to change yeah.
1: that. It is a call
0: to action. It, that that's exactly, that's exactly how I would describe it. So David,
1: you know, a lot of people talk about hope. We got to have hope and I love hope and do not, do not. I mean, I, I hang on to hope. However, what we need is action. We all have a whole bundle of hope driving around with us in our, in our backseat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what we need is action. Yeah. And so this podcast is a call to action. It is what you can do daily inside the walls of your home. Inside every relationship in your life, and so I recommend it highly. Even though um, I'm a host, I I actually really I know it will change lives.
0: Yes, but it it is an incredible podcast, and you are sadly you are speaking from personal experience. You know, and you've got the person who's helping you. You know, who has helped was helping Corey has helped your family go through this time, and, and I just think it's critical listening. I try It really to, is. I try to argue
1: with him all the time, and he'll say, yeah. "He'll say you can either argue with me, or you can believe my twenty years of experience." You know, so he he really yeah. knows what he's talking about. Yeah. All, so,
0: well. It has been incredible to have you on the show today. Well, thank you. Thank you for going deep with me. Thank yeah. you for going to places where possibly you didn't want to go. But oh, I'm an open book, Wendy. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> You're an open scrapbook, right? Yeah, <laughs> I am. That's I am. So. I just want to say thank you again to Heidi for being on the show today. For all things Heidi, you can go to HeidiSwap.com. I will put the link to her amazing podcast in the show notes. I will let you know where you can see this lovely lady if she's ever back down under Australia, Melbourne. She's coming again, I believe, scrapbookers. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> I told I'm, Wendy she needs to plan the Yep, I'm putting so it out to the universe. So we're going to do Wendy. it. Yep, email me, wendysway.com.au, scrapbookers. I think we're going to make this happen. Heidi, I just want to thank you again for being you for giving us the beautiful gifts that you do, for giving us the power to tell our stories, the good, the bad, the ugly. Thank you for shining light on suicide. I know there's people out there who needed to hear that and they're all going to come and listen to your podcast. I have no doubt about that. I wish you a safe journey home. I wish you're back soon around us so we can all hug on you and love on you and just be Heidi Swap fans again all over again. For that, I thank you well thank you, for thank, you thank you thank you so it. thank you so much everybody for listening to this episode of wendy's way if you liked it give me a like on itunes or subscribe to my show please share this episode with your family and friends for all things wendy's way wendysway.com.au. i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i'm everywhere take care of yourselves look after yourselves just remember there's only one of you so to be kind to yourselves always and i will catch you on the next episode of wendy's way so i say bye for now